Hi guys. Um, I'm so glad to be at Yonsei. This is my uh, third time speaking at Emmaus, but I guess we saved the best for last, huh? <laughs> Don't tell the other campus. Uh, but I'm, I'm really glad to be here. It's always like an honor, uh, a really privilege to uh, come join you guys at Emmaus. And um, I think just seeing Emmaus uh, people, even on Sunday, uh, when I used to lead a wel- welcoming team ministry at New Philly, I had Emmaus people in my team. All of that, it was just, uh, I loved spending time with Emmaus. So it's an honor to be here. And I know that uh, both Tina and John Matt, they refer to midterms, right? You guys have your midterms this week and next week? Yeah, how are you guys feeling? <laughs> you guys look like like this right now. <laughs> So I understand because I also have midterms this week and next week. And I don't say it lightly when, uh, you know, it's hard. (laughs) I have my biggest midterm tomorrow. uh, And yet, still here, joyfully. (laughs) Um, But I believe that, you know, as we put the kingdom of God first, he will come and add everything onto us. Amen? Man, uh, so I just want to get right into it. Um, the title of my message, if you guys are taking notes, is called The Secret to a Happy Life. The Secret to a Happy Life. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this day that even though it's raining and dreary outside, that there's joy here and celebration here. I ask, Father, that you come and meet us powerfully this week, especially as we're entering into midterms uh, this week and next week. I pray, Father, that you will empower us to uh, be worshipers for you and also good students for you. I bless them in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So this message called The Secret to a Happy Life. Now, uh, the word happy, it can be substituted in any way. The secret to a good life. Raise your hand if you want a good life. Yeah, I, I want a good life. Raise your hand uh, if you want a successful life. Okay, so you can substitute this word happy to, with any word that you want to see in your life. The secret to a fulfilling life. And actually, the Greek word for uh, the secret to like a blessed life, this Greek word for blessed means actually happy, right? So when, you're, when I'm saying the secret to a happy life, I can also mean the secret to a blessed life, an abundant life, a colorful, adventurous life, um, all of that. And uh, as I was going through this sermon, I was saying, man, I can't... Preach this because, you know, when you preach the word, you have to be doers of the word, right? And when you hear the word, you need to do what the word says. Amen? Uh, so as I'm working on this sermon, I thought, whew, I, I might be unqualified to preach this sermon because this is something that there are times I succeeded at, yes, but also times where I failed miserably. And in order to attain this happy life, this blessed life, this powerful life, I believe that I need to preach this message not only to the people of God again and again, but also to myself so that my life can bear fruit. Um, So I want you guys to turn with me to Philippians 4. And I'm going to reveal to you the secret of a happy life. What does it mean to live a happy life? How do you keep up? A happy life. 
And I'm not making it up for you. It comes from the Word of God in Philippians 4, 10 through 13. I'll read so you guys can listen. Read along with me. It says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Everyone say content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So it says in the word of God that the secret to a life where you can face plenty and hunger, abundance and need, is actually to be content. In whatever situation, in whatever stage of life you're in, in whatever season that you're going through, God calls you to be content. Now, um, just to kind of give you guys a background about myself, um, you know, I was introduced as Pastor Anna. When you think of pastors, you think of them to be extra holy, like, you know, that's that's how I thought of pastors, like, oh, those people that are happy all the time, you know, Uh, but actually... My life, when you look back, I wasn't that type of person. Uh, some people you would probably call me a pessimist. <laughs> you know, like those that see the cup half empty, right? So growing up, I, I was just like very... I, I knew how to... I think what I like to do is to take something and to make it better, right? I love doing that taking something and then making it better and better and better. So I love doing that. So naturally, I had this eye of how can I critique this? How can I change this around so it becomes the best, right? So I had that eye, and uh, I think that criticism overtook, you know, me trying to make it better. And I was one of those people, like, if someone said, oh, it's a nice day outside, I'm like, but look at that cloud, you know? Uh, So... So I was that type of person. And I remember uh, in college, when I was like your age, uh, one of my friends, and mind you, this friend, she was like 20 years older than me. Uh, she was really old at that time. <laughs> like, because she just really liked hanging out with young people, right? Uh, so, she, like, I got really close to her. I, I learned a lot how to pray to God uh, with her. Um, she, I thought she was so weird because one time we would be driving, and then she'll be like, Anna, pray right now. I'm like, right now? in the car, like, oh my gosh, you know, and that's okay, but like, when we're eating at a restaurant, or like, when we're just at a cafe, she'll be like, Anna, pray right now, I'm like, right now, there's so many people, like, you're so weird, you know, uh, but I learned a lot from her, and one of the things that I learned is, um, one time, I was sitting in a car, and then she goes, Anna, you're pretty negative, and I look at her, I'm like, what, like, have you ever said that to someone or someone said that to you? That's pretty harsh, right? So I'm sitting there like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, look <laughs> at And when I get like upset, I, st- I start doing that. Like, <laughs> and my fiance calls it like beatboxing. Like I'm beatboxing, right? Like stop beatboxing when you're mad, you know, but... I, I was like, in my head, like, look at you. Like, you're not that great, you know? But why are you calling me negative? I think I'm pretty great. And, uh, but I was like, no, I need to be humble. Like, how do I be humble? So I asked her, what do you mean? 
And she said, did you notice that every, t- every time you open your mouth, you always begin with, what the, you know? I was like, what? What the, no? <laughs> She's like, see? <laughs> and I remember, like, it was very, like, uh, you know, hearing that from someone, especially someone that I really liked. So I went back home, and I had this temptation to be really annoyed and angry with her. I'm not going to hang out with her ever again. How dare she say that to me? Uh, but then I also kind of, you know, like, how can I humble myself and learn what she's trying to say? Uh, so over the weekend, I actually took a whole weekend <laughs> to go to my room, and then I started praying it through what she said. Um, what does she mean when I'm negative? And I felt like God just bring up different examples, you know, of little things of how I was negative, how I could change that. So slowly, by the grace of God, I started getting better. And now I'm, I am now what you call a realist. <laughs> But, you know, as, as I grow in God's word, um, I'm reminded again and again of this truth. You have to be content in whatever situation. You have to be content and satisfied no matter how good your life may seem or how terrible your life is right now. Whatever circumstance, whatever situation, God calls you to be content. And I believe that if we live our lives with this mindset. Not only that we're, uh, we're, we need to be content, but we're called to be content. There's a calling to us that God has us to do. You know, then we're going to live our lives differently. For example, I, I, I kind of want to go into this, this word calling. Uh, you don't have to turn here, but it says in 1 Corinthians 7, each pers- person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them just as God has called them. It says, brothers and sisters, each person as responsible to God should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. And I believe that we are all called to various things in our life. Right now, we, me me included, we are called to be students, right? And it would be awesome if I was only called to be a student. That's it. Nothing else. I think I would get straight A's. I think I would get a 4.0 GPA, probably higher. I would get a scholarship. I would be like the best student in class, know all the answers, you know? Like if that was my only calling, I would be an awesome student. But, you know, we're not left with just one calling. If I was only called to be a daughter to my mom and my dad, I would be the best daughter. Like, remember every single event that happened in their lives and give them cars and presents. You know what I mean? Like, I would do the best that I can to be the best daughter because that's my calling. If I was called to be just a preacher, oh, man. Y'all will be listening to my sermons 24-7. You know, like, you guys, hey, forget that TV show. Let me listen to Pastor Hannah's sermon because her calling to be a preacher, that's the only thing she's got. She's good. <laughs> and I think if we just had one calling, man, that calling would, we would live our lives differently. But, you know, life has different tensions and different aspects. I think we would lose a lot if we were only called to be one thing. 
right? But we all together right now, yes, we are called to be students, but that's not our only calling. There's different aspects and different areas that we're called to. We're called to be worshipers of God. We're called to be uh, students of the word. We're called to be ministers, to, to give out and to witness to people around you of God's love. We're called many different things. And when we take these things as not just commands or not just suggestions, but as our callings, our lives would be very different. And, and um, I feel like, you know, college right now is a very special time when we're all waiting for different callings, right? I, I remember when I was in college, I constantly waited for my calling. God, what do you want me to do? God, what kind of job do you want me to? If I have this one calling, I will know exactly what type of path to take. I will know exactly what to do in order to reach my calling. God, who do you want me to marry? Once I get married, I can move on with my life. You know, like there's this calling and there's waiting that we're doing. But we're not only called to, to yes, walk out our calling, but we're called to live our lives with power right now. Jesus did not die for your sins. And resurrect so that you can live for him later on. When you get your dream job. When you meet your husband or meet your wife. Later on when things are set, that's when I'm going to worship him. And that's when I'm going to praise him. And that's when I'm going to live all out for him because then I'm sure. But right now in this waiting period, I'm just going to wait and wait. But God calls you to be content in whatever situation and whatever circumstance that you have right now. And that right now type of gospel can be applied to your life by being content with our Heavenly Father and then through that to have the secret to have a happy life. Um, you know, I'm, I'm what you would call, we have four different temperaments that we go by, right? Um, so I w- I'm what you would call a cleric, meaning I'm very goal-oriented, right? So along with my realist type of personality, I'm also cleric, which means I'm very goal-driven. I know exactly what I want, how to get it by a certain time, and I lay it out so that I'm able to reach forward, push forward every time, right? Um, so when I was young, I, I was like, okay, I'm going to start changing the world as soon as I graduate college, I'm going to be married by 25, um, or 26, 26, and um, I'm going to have this many kids by before 30, because, you know, I don't want to get older. Um, and then I'm going to travel the world, make sure to go to every single country uh, before the age of 50. Like, I, I just had certain things I wanted, certain timelines I gave myself, um, and made sure that I was, like, I'm going to attain all of these goals so that I can have a successful life, right? Uh, Plans don't work like that. I'm only 27, only. But trust me, I can already tell you, plans don't work like that. I came to Korea in 2010 thinking I'm only going to stay in Korea one year. I'm only going to teach in Korea one year, and then I'm going to go to YWAM, DTS, 
do that for one year, and then I'm going to find my calling within that one year, and then do whatever God says. Okay, that was, that was my plan. And I remember when I came 2010, uh, God just encountered me so much that I could not leave Korea. I felt like God was calling me to this land. Something was happening here, and I felt like God was saying, you're not done yet, don't leave, right? So I was like, all right, all right, God, I'll listen to you. But just one more year, okay? I, I'm already giving you like 23, 24, like this is prime of my youth. Like I will only give you one more year, okay? So I, I, gave, I gave him one year, and then within that time, uh, Pastor Christian, he's the lead pastor for New Philly, he asked me to pray about going to Busan Church Plant, which is, uh, Busan is the second largest city in Seoul. Um, and I prayed about it. I felt like God was saying yes. And I was like, what? God, are you serious? Like, how can I go to Busan? And when I went there, yeah, they say it's the second largest city in Korea. It's like country. Like, it's like I lived next to a farm with 할머니들. <laughs> That was like talking to me and Saturday every I got say, you know, like it, it was like really cute. But country. And I remember my birth my first birthday in Busan was when I turned twenty-five. That's quarter of a life century, right? Twenty-five. And I, the day I turned twenty-five, I actually got really depressed. Because I was like, I'm twenty-five. There's no, there's no life calling in set yet. And I'm looking on Facebook and I realize all my friends either are making big bucks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so some of y'all, this message is just hitting you. <laughs> They're all making big bucks or half of them are married. Half of them have babies like i'm like nothing inside nothing why did you call me into not only like if if i was going to go change the world you know why did i come to busan like into the countryside that doesn't make sense right and i felt like god was taking me backwards but it was it was so frustrating but I feel like, you know, when we are called to certain things, we can't move aside what we're seeing in our circumstance. Uh, so I want to tell you several different things that you are called to. Okay, three points that you are called to. And the first calling that we must live out in our life is we are called to live with contentment. Called. This is our calling. We are called to live with contentment. And in our world of constant comparisons, it is hard to enjoy where God is taking us. Comparison kills contentment. And without contentment, there is no joy. When I kept looking at Facebook or uh, just pictures of how well people were doing when I turned 25, I was so bitter. I was looking at that and comparing myself with my friends. Man, if I stayed in America, if I had this job, if I had gone this road, then my life would be different. But I felt like, God, you called me to Busan, but why am I here? And as I started comparing myself to my friends on Facebook or different stories I was uh, hearing, that comparison started building up this bitterness and dissatisfaction in my life. And pretty soon that bitterness 
started eating up at me. But when we are not comparing ourselves, rather we can look at God and say, Hey, God, no matter what I'm going through in our circumstance, I believe that you are the one that brings me all joy and that I am perfectly in your road and in your path, no matter what my circumstance seems. You see, when I was little, I always thought, uh, I don't know why, but I had this like weird thing that the number 26, the year 26 was going to be very special for me, right? So because I was like, oh, like 26, it's going to be so special. I grew up thinking like, oh, maybe I'll get married by then, you know? Um, obviously that didn't happen, right? Um, and that's why when I turned 25, I was so bitter because things weren't moving along with my plans. But looking back now, I'm realizing how perfect God's timing is and how perfect his plan is because the year 26 was actually when I got my full-time ministry calling. And it was the year where God supernaturally encountered me and said, give your life to me, I will take care of you. Come into the ministry. And it was so clear to me, I couldn't deny, like, this is God. And it also gave me so much joy, even though I, didn't really, I never dreamed of becoming a pastor. It gave me so much joy that I wanted and I desired to do it. So when I look back, 26, man, yeah, I didn't get married or what I thought it was going to be, but that was the year God called me. And when I look at my time in Busan, when I thought I was going backwards into the country, that was the year where I developed my character. That was the year where I started growing in the Lord. That was the year when I started going deeper and deeper. I started learning not only spiritual things, but I started learning how to take care of my, myself physically. I started exercising every day. I started cooking every day. You know, like in that city where I thought that God was doing a backwards work, God was actually exponentially increasing me. And I realized that, man, comparison kills you. But when you are called to live a life with contentment, you are able to look back and see how much God does in that time where it doesn't seem like God does anything. The second way that we are called is we are called to celebrate in every circumstance. Paul says in 4.11, now that, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Now, the synonyms for content is uh, to be gratified, to be satisfied, to be happy. And the definition for satisfaction means to satisfy is to meet one's full, like meet one's full's wants. Does that make sense? (laughs) To satisfy is to meet to the full one's wants, expectations, uh, which means that everything that they wanted, everything that they expected, to be satisfied, it means you met the fullness of it. To be content is to keep yourself from being disposed to find fault or complaint. When you are content with something, it means that you cannot find anything that you would change or complain about. So to be satisfied, it means you have everything that you dreamed of. And to be content means there's nothing I would change because it was so much and better than what what I ever expected. We We are called to live with this type of perspective. 
you know, when I went to Busan, I thought it was a country type of city. Uh, God opened my eyes and he started showing me what he blessed me with. And um, I remember one example is that I specifically prayed uh, for different things for my housing in Busan. And I prayed certain things like, God, I want, I want an ocean view because I heard Busan is a city uh, with an ocean, right? So I want ocean view if that's possible. I want, um, I want three bedrooms with two bathrooms. I want lots of lights. I want high ceilings. You know, so I named different things and I made a list. And I remember I put in different things uh, where I had this category and then I had another category where I said, now, if I'm really dreaming big here, like this is what I want, but if I'm dreaming big, then this is what I really want, right? So this list, what I put was, if I'm really dreaming big here, I want a veranda. If I'm really dreaming big here, I really like lighthouse. So I want a lighthouse in my neighborhood, which sounds ridiculous, right? Like, who writes that? But I remember, you know, like, ocean, maybe they have a lighthouse. So I put that in, being silly and being ridiculous. So I'm like, whatever, it's my dreaming big. I'm already being ridiculous. So I just put that in. Uh, I heard, like, railroads are, like, really romantic, so I kind of want to put that in, too. Okay, so I put in a lot of ridiculous stuff. And I remember when I moved into my house in Busan, like, it had everything that I wanted on my regular list. Everything. Lots of light, three bedrooms, perfect roommate, like everything. And I remember I was walking around my neighborhood and actually like the Lord blessed me and my roommate so much that like when I was lying down in my bed, even just by opening my eyes, I can see the ocean just from my bed. Like beautiful, right? I know guys, pray, pray for your, <laughs> um, so I remember I just, that's how blessed I was. So already I was like, thank you, Jesus, you blessed me so much. And I'm walking around my neighborhood, and then as I'm walking around, I'm like, is that a railroad track? Like, no way! I was being ridiculous, but it happened. Like, thanks, God. That's amazing, right? And I'm walking around more, and then I see, oh, my goodness, there's a lighthouse! (laughs) No way! Like, this was my really dreaming big, and by the way, I got a veranda, too. So... I was thinking, there's a lighthouse? That's awesome. Like, God, I am content. I am satisfied with this, right? And then I walk a little bit over, and then I see not just one lighthouse, but there's two lighthouses. Jesus, there's two, one red, one white. That I, I was like, I, I seriously lay prostrate on the, on the floor. I was like, thank you, Lord. This is amazing. And I... I remember, man, I was honestly, the first six months in Busan, I was depressed because I thought God was doing something that was backwards. But when God started opening my eyes to what he had blessed me with, I started seeing how I can be content because he is blessing me in areas more than I ever thought. We are called to live with contentment and we are so called to celebrate in every circumstance. So in a season where I was confused and I had no idea, as I started being content in that season, I was able to celebrate. And with that celebration came a shift in my perspective, 
a shift in my mindset. So the things that I saw that were dreary were not dreary anymore, but actually awesome. Really good things. Uh, Stephen Furtick says, he's a preacher in America. He says it like this. Contentment breeds celebration, which breeds success. I'm going to read it one more time. It says, contentment breeds celebration, which breeds success. If you are happy about what you have and where you have, that is the secret to live a happy life, a successful life. The third calling that we are called to is called to be a reflection of God. You know, we are first called to live with contentment, and we're also called to celebrate in every circumstance. But third, we're called to be a reflection of God. Uh, You know, in life, we are not promised an easy-going life. There's going to be hardships. When, when we come into relationship with God, God is not promising you it's going to be easy. You can float from here. So when we are saying, be, do you want a happy life? Do you want a successful life? I'm not asking you, do you want an easy life? Because the happiness to, an, uh, to a life, your, your happiness to a very good life does not mean easy life. Don't get me wrong. That's not what I'm saying here. In fact, Paul, uh, the, the writer of uh, this book that says, I have learned the secret and the secret is this, to be content. He is one that went to prison. He is one that was beaten and tortured. He did not have an easy life. And yet, the person that suffered so much the person that went through beatings and, and people gossiping about him, people betraying, physical torture, all of this, he said, I have learned the secret to a happy life, and it is to be content. And just by that declaration, Paul became a reflection of who God was, which is a, a mirror saying, God is good no matter what I'm going through. God is faithful no matter what I'm going through. God is joyful no matter what I'm going through. God is righteous and just no matter what I'm going through. Even if people abandon me, even if I'm starving, even if I'm being beaten and tortured, God is faithful. God is one that is deserving of worship because I'm content in my life because he is good. And when we take this truth and say, I am content. And no matter season, no matter stage that we're going through, that is a reflection of who God is. And that is a declaration of faith. God, I believe that even though I'm in this, the midst of this storm, I believe that you are good. God, I believe that even though I'm being hard pressed on every side, I believe that you will turn all things around for my good. God, I believe when we take this truth and say, God, I am content. I'm getting bad grades. I'm content. My family is not talking to me right now because they're mad that I believe in God. I'm content. My dream job is not working out in the way that I thought. God, I am content. God, I am content in you. And that is a reflection of who God is. You're living 
out the gospel of which he has called you to be, which is an image of God, the resurrection power of Jesus. You know, when this year first began in 2015, um, God gave me a theme for this year. And I ask God for a theme every single year. Like, what do you want uh, me to grow in this year? Or what do you feel like uh, this year is going to look like for me? How can I grow in this, right? So 2015, uh, I just felt like I was saying, this is going to be a year of joy for you, right? So the theme for me was joy. And um, the way that 2015 began contradicted that word like head on. Like my, my first day of 2015, I remember I came back from a mission trip and I had to immediately go to this uh, intensive winter class uh, for Greek. Uh, so, you know, you learn a new language and it's exciting. But when you learn a dead language that no one speaks anymore, it's not very exciting. Okay. Uh, so I was like, all right, let me, let me take this class. And not only is this class just a class, but it's an intensive course, which means that you are taking six hours of it every single day. Pretty soon, by the time people talked to me, I, couldn't, I didn't listen to what they were saying. I translated every word that they were saying in Greek. Like, I just knew, like, I can't listen to you. And I started, like, eating Greek like sleeping Greek, you know, I, I was Greek consumed and I was so depressed because I couldn't get past Greek. And within this time, uh, not only was Greek taking a toll on me, but something happened with my Korean taxes. Like, oh man, I hate taxes, right? Like the word tax gives me stress, like tax stressed, right? So Whenever I hear the word tax, I, I'm just immediately stressed. Anyways, I find a male like in my in my apartment during midterms or during Greek class. Um, so imagine I'm already like overwhelmed with Greek, and then I get this male saying like, "You have to pay taxes from Pusan." And I'm like, "Pusan? Pusan? I moved here like a, a year ago. Yeah, right." And then I call and I find out that not only do I have to pay local tax to the city of Pusan, but I have to pay national tax to the nation of Korea. And I love this nation, but I was so surprised. Like, they were saying that you're late in paying it, so if you don't pay in two days, it's going to go 10% higher, right? So I find out two days before it's due, and I am like, what? My year was supposed to be a joyous year, God. What's going on, right? So I, I'm so stressed. And on top of, like, different things that happen with finances, I end up losing 4000 just in two days. Like, bam. And I, I remember, like, I was paying those taxes and my hand was shaking as, as, as I was, like, you know, changing it, charging it to uh, transferring the money. And... I was so tempted to think of all the things that was happening this year as a year that sucks. (laughs) And only it's April, right? It's only April. But, man, like, different things happened. Like, I went to America, and I remember America was like, it was, I mean, I saw my family, but it was also really hard. Different things happened. And, like, all of these different things kept coming up, and Each time, I just labeled it as hard, hard, dissatisfied, annoying, hard, this was bad, you know? 
And I felt like God confront me. Anna, the gift I'm giving you for this year is joy. But how do you keep looking at every event as hard, annoying, sucks? How do you keep doing that? Think about what actually happened each month. And as I started applying the word of God into my mind, my eyes started being opened. Oh, actually, January was hard, but I came back from a mission trip that was really powerful in the month of January. Oh, yeah, February was really hard, but I passed Greek in February. (laughs) Yeah, March was really hard, but I got engaged in March. Oh, by the way, that's my fiancé over there. Say hi. (laughs) I should have introduced him earlier. Uh, But this, all of these wonderful things started happening, but the devils kept trying to steal my joy, saying all these bad things are happening. Label it as bad because God is not for you. And when the devil can attack you with that lie, you start attacking God's character. God, you're not good. Yeah, you're good to Tina because she's campus director. But you're not good to me. (laughs) Yeah, God, you're good to Pastor John because he's a holy man of God. But you're not good to me. We start attacking God's love, God's character of what he gives to us. But when we take this truth of the fact that we are called to be content, no matter what storm, no matter what circumstance, no matter how good, no matter how bad, we are able to live as a reflection of who God is. We are able to celebrate every season of our lives. That even though it's hard and hard-pressed, We are able to celebrate the good things and testify that God is good to me. This is not just a suggestion or a command in which we are supposed to live, a heavy burden in which you're supposed to carry, but it is our calling, our calling to live a life of contentment, a calling to live with that contentment, celebration. With that celebration, success, not in the way that the world defines success, but in the way that God defines success. I want us to pray. You know, this is a message that, um, a personal message that I know I have to continue to live out, and a message in which uh, Satan can easily attack, a message that Satan can easily attack every one of God's believers saying, Hey, this is not going to your plans. Are you not satisfied in him? Don't you see that this is not happening? But what I've come to know and what I've come to realize is that when we pray for certain things, God answers and God answers abundantly. But that doesn't mean God's going to answer right then to your timing. But when God does answer, he answers in his perfect timing and that sometimes requires waiting, and that sometimes requires many years, 
But whatever that time looks like, each time that we live, each day that we live, we are called to live with contentment. We are called to be satisfied in Him. We sang that song earlier. We began large group with this worship saying, God, you are so good to me. God, you put a new song in my mouth. God, I worship you because I testify of your goodness. I testify of your love. I am touched and I am in relationship with you because I am never the same because you have encountered me. I testify of this goodness. But when things come our way that we're not pleased with, like maybe midterms, maybe finances, Maybe friendships. Maybe prayers that go unanswered. Maybe silence that you feel like you're hearing from God. That's when we start being dissatisfied. But I just want to take a moment. And I want us to just renew our minds in Him. That in the Word of God, it says we are called to be content. Whether we are hungry whether we are lacking, whether we are in abundance, whether we are good. You know, the story of Joseph in the Bible is such a strange story, a backward story, if you can call it that. Joseph, one that was promised this dream where his brothers would bow to him one day, and he told that dream to his brothers, and his brothers got jealous, so they actually sold him to be a slave. And after this powerful dream where God basically promised him, you're going to be a ruler, he was actually sent into slavery. And if that wasn't bad enough, he went to prison. And I think there were many temptations in Joseph, Joseph's life. Man, this sucks. Man, I don't understand this. What's going on? God... Did you lie to me? God, are you a liar? Did you speak falsely to me? But as Joseph was content with God, believing that God is turning around everything for his own good, believing that he sees him and will rescue him, and he is faithful to complete what he has started, Joseph was eventually taken out of that prison to become second ruler of all Egypt. Sometimes it might look backwards in this world. But in the kingdom, if you are perfectly in God's will, then you are in a perfect place in life. So I just want you to hold your hands out in front of you, just in a posture to receive. And I just want to pray a blessing over you.